0: Hi, this is Matt Wells with a quick introduction to Pencil Neck. This is a very personal science fiction story that I've been working on for quite some time. Uh, what I'm trying to deliver to you right now is is close to a finished sneak preview of the first chapter of Pencil Neck as I could get. It has music and uh, the best I could do at sound mixing and sound editing and Currently, the most temporary part of it is I do all of the voices while I worked very hard to be uh, the best version of like a Simpsons voice actor as I could. That would be temporary. I would love to get a full cast of the wonderful actors and comedians who I know and also have a very diverse and inclusive, interesting cast. Uh, But for right now, it's just me, baby. I really hope you like this. I would love to hear your thoughts and I'm going to have a quick outro at the end. All right. Enjoy. Elliot had been falling. Falling and falling and falling, free falling for what felt like an eternity. Or it could have been minutes, seconds. Maybe time had stopped. He thought he might die of dehydration. His crumpled old suit rippled and floated in this dark expanse. Then he could feel the atmosphere, a sharp wind passing under him. There was a distinct lack of smell to the air, not stale but so clean it was scentless. For a moment, He had a sense of peace that he had never known before. That was until he smacked flat on black waters with a clap that knocked the air out of him. The loss of breath probably kept him from drowning, for now anyway. These were raging waves in a nearly pitch black ocean with flickers of light above that must have been lightning. He did his best to fight through the waves as they pounded his balding head and hard face Elliot squinted as water, rained down his bushy eyebrows as he tried to get his bearings on how close he was to land. He was holding his head above water long enough for his eyes to adjust to the darkness. As he battled the waves, he stared upward at some sort of structure that felt like miles away. It was the size of a mountain but coiled sideways in a twisted cylinder. It was illuminated by a distant, hazy horizon. At that moment, he really couldn't think about much but trying to breathe, so much adrenaline pulsed through him that his mind raced as to what his surroundings were and how he got there. He also wondered if he had died and gone to hell, especially when he realized there were several other people gasping and screaming around him. Welcome to Pencil Neck. Chapter 1. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings and your many challenges. All of these things are good for us. Help me to see you today. You know, sometimes I don't see you. There is no point in hiding things from you because you see all and know all. You do not judge me. I, I think I have a good soul. It is human to doubt faith. That's what—that's what makes I'm it ready faith. i fall in love. I think I can fall in love today. I hope the things I've done that are kind balance out the many things I'm ashamed of. I really need to eat healthier lunches. God, let warm. me be good and shine light into the lives of others, even in the smallest things that I do. In your name, Amen. This is your daily morning prayer. You finish your shift that day. It is the early shift. You like the early shift. You like to get up early and feel like you have a jump on the world and then finish work while it is still light out. You walk up to the receptionist. She is new. She is about 40 and has red and blonde streaks in her hair. She looks like most church receptionists. She smiles and hands you an envelope of cash that says Declan on it. That's you. Oh, so you're the guy that gets paid in cash. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's me. If I'm not prying too much, why do you do that? That's peculiar. Many people are curious about why you do the things you do, like ask for cash payment. When you work at a church, no one really thinks too deeply about these things, or most things. You could ask for your pay in silver dollars or pennies. They would shrug and do it. You are aware of this, and you already have an answer prepared. Oh, you know, I have like a savings account, but, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like it helps me save, like it helps me from buying uh, too many things online. Oh, I see, I see. So it's like a thrifty thing. Uh That's so smart. You're very smart. Oh, uh, I'm not, but, uh, yeah, thank you. That's super nice. Outside, you greet your favorite part of the day the rush of fresh air that it hits you as you walk outdoors into the vast parking lot. You like the sounds of cars crushing the slush on the winter streets. You like the dirty snowdrifts that pile up near the parking lot lights. The giant neon white cross of the Ascendancy Evangelical Church buzzes above your head. In Sherwood, Ohio, there's a lot of fog, so the pastor believes that patrons and non-believers can see it like a lighthouse in the darkness. A good marketing strategy, even though the church is pretty hard to miss at half the size of a city block. It is mid-January 2017. For most of your adulthood you have lived in Sherwood, Ohio. It isn't as big as Cleveland or Akron, but it isn't that much smaller either population from the most recent 2015 census was about 40,000 and change, probably around the size of a major university in a big city. You can't imagine what it would be like to go to any college, let alone one the size of your city, but that is something you think about a lot. There is a lot of farm country on the outskirts of Sherwood, but you have a big mall with an IMAX theater in town. There are lots of Panera Breads, Five Guys, Burgers and Fries, Chili's, Game Stops, Old Navies, the mysteriously named Claim Jumper. Is it a restaurant? Is it a law firm? How does one jump claims? You'd prefer not to know. And every city like this has these... Those sprawling courtyards filled with beige and glass block buildings where you have no idea what anyone does in there all day. You wonder if they know what they do all day, but you love wandering around them under their lights at night. You count the money as you sit in your car. The smell of janitorial disinfectants still on your fingers. $300. They pay you weekly instead of every two weeks, which helps you out a lot. Last week was a good 30-hour work week, and this week is shaping up to be similar. You're not the only janitor at church, and the short weeks would be tough if you didn't find other income. You drive to your afternoon errands. You're always a nervous driver, hands at 10 and 2, hands at 10 and 2, extra careful with your blinkers. You have reminders on your phone to get registrations, oil changes, and always get your taillights replaced well before they break. I just don't need any questions. You say to yourself very often, there are no warrants out at this time. You do have priors for breaking and entering and prowling. They all happened the better part of a decade ago and fairly minor compared to a lot of people you know. But there are other things you'd rather not have questions about. Not just about you, but some people you were associated with a long time ago. You almost got into a lot of trouble because of them. And finally, some financial matters. As far as anyone you interact with knows, You are a good Christian boy, and you are still very much a believer despite any caveats that don't align with the scripture. You still consider yourself on fire for the Lord, as they say, though the flames have waned over the years. You go to a singles and professionals Bible study to worship, socialize, and eat free Doritos. You volunteer with a youth group once a month. You sometimes look after the babies in the nursery during Sunday services, which is one of your favorite things. You do everything you can to commit to church and Christianity without having to doze off during Pastor Willis's repetitive sermons. You pull out of the church parking lot listening to sermons you download from a cool church in Madison, Wisconsin. They are way cooler than the boring church you go to. They are cool with gay people. They meet up for beer for their Bible studies after the service. This blows your mind. The pastor, Dylan, not Pastor Dylan, just Dylan, he has tattoos and would reference movies like Training Day and he even get passionate enough to say hell or ass, immediately apologizing after. This current sermon you're listening to was about the need for Christians to straighten out their finances.
1: So, today, I'm going to have the talk with you, alright? It's a grown-up talk, I'm going to try and keep it fun, but I'm going to get really super practical. Why? Because it's important for your future, and I believe it's crucial for your soul. This is not a math conversation, this is a spiritual issue.
0: Someday, I will move to Madison, Wisconsin. You say to yourself, the land of milk and honey, even this world of slightly cooler Christianity in a slightly more metropolitan city than yours seems worlds away.
1: So I wanna share with you a transformational shift in how you think about money, or it might be a reminder for those of you who already are functioning this way or maybe once it did in your life and I think it's not only going to change your future, I actually know from experience it will change the way you experience and understand God." You might
0: steal a glance from a girl named Eve or Hannah during praise and worship, then get coffee after. She will tell you what bands you should listen to and what movies you should watch. She will have dated lots of jerks but will love your quiet, kind disposition, and you will conveniently leave out as much as you can about your past and chalk it up to, oh, I've had a pretty boring life. and. You don't have a boring life, but you think you do.
1: This is what Jesus commands. I know this is probably not blowing anybody's mind, but here it is. Give, save, and live. I would call this the God then way of financial planning. Give, save, and live. You start by saying, I will give first to you and to what you are doing in the world. Then I will save non negotiably. I will save, I will invest. And then after that, you sort out how to cover the rest of what you need to pay for and some of what you want. But this is truly the antidote to worry. This is what generates financial freedom in your life. Are there details under this? Of course. Financial freedom.
0: That sounds great. And that is what God wants for you. It feels far off, but it's not. You'll get there, and you'll buy a house. On Zillow, there are houses in Madison that are upwards of 1,800 square feet for under 200K if you're willing to live in the outskirts. You could put a down payment, no, say two years, especially if you sublet roommates to help cover the mortgage. You'll figure this out. But now, you've got other business to tend to at the library. It is your weekly activity of using their internet to stalk your estranged brother. At the library, you sit in the very back of the farthest corner on the balcony. It's a big and very dated library. It has dim, buzzing lights, brownish, greenish wallpaper. You find its ugliness calming and unassuming. Not very many people want to be here. You become invisible here, and that's a skill you're always practicing. You fulfill your weekly goal of trying to track your long-lost older brother, Timothy. What would you say or do if you found him? You used to think about that, not anymore. This is now just a strangely soothing routine for you. Timothy had good reason to disappear. He had been involved in a very bad thing that made headlines in 2005, and then poof, he was gone. You wonder if he killed himself. You also wonder if that would be for the best, as that might be the only thing that would bring him peace that's dark, but he's out there. You had talked to his friends who had received eerie, lonely calls from him, not too long ago. Hey, what up? Hi, Uh, Devin. Uh, who's this? Timothy, you remember Timothy? Oh, hey man, what's up? Hey, I'm, just, I'm so thankful you picked oh, up. Oh, hey man, been a long time, haven't thought about you in a while. But you remember me, right? Um, uh, sure. Yeah, I just gotta reach out. I, I, I need something from you. Oh, yeah, man, uh, I don't sell weed anymore. Sorry, bro, did some time for that a while back. I do sell Kratom, though, if you're interested in... Kratom No, 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 no I'm not trying to buy anything This is about that I need, I need someone to, to talk to That's all I need Is someone to talk to, to, to I have to atone for what I did Oh, you're that guy Yeah, yeah I forgot yeah. for a second That's Damn, Damn. Uh, I don't know how else to put this I don't really want to talk to you So Come on, man Give me a fucking break But if you here. are interested in buying Kratom uh, I'm on Instagram At primal strength Underscore kratom Definitely check it out It's really good for brain health I don't know if you've ever tried it I, I, but, uh, I'm going to cut you off right there Jesus He also spoke to this ex-girlfriend Hello It's very late Who is this Hi, Hi hello, hello? Uh, it, It's Timothy Timothy Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Timothy. Hi, how are you doing? I just want to say I needed to tell somebody my whole life has been a waste. Uh-huh. I'm living off almost nothing. I can't oh, sleep in that okay. a piece of shit. Right, um, you're not. I'm you're not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How I treated you, but I know that we had something special. Oh, it's been a while. That's okay. That's very okay. I, I, I just wish I could have them back. I wish I could start over Oh, again. right. Uh, water under the bridge. I'm married now, and and I have two children, actually. Oh, well, How's it going? It's going great. Uh, Yeah, not really. Really trying to keep my options open right now Uh, Oh, yeah, it's a weird thing to ask Yeah, it is (laughs) I'm so sorry, but fuck Oh, no No reason to get angry Everything's okay Okay. Thank you, thank you Uh Just, just Will you please just talk to me for a while? Um no, I, I'm really sorry. Just, it's not personal. I just, I have to get started in the kids' lunches, and they have allergies, and it's, a, it's a whole thing. It could take a while to me. I, I just really, really have to go. It's a scary thing when an alleged felon calls you out of the blue. And what is this crime Timothy is charged with? To this day, you avoid thinking about what happened and the way you got dragged into it and how it turned your life upside down. The events you can see, feel, and smell when you close your eyes. They still send shockwaves through your body or just turn you into stone with fear and anger. You still wake up thinking your brother is tap, tap, tapping on your windows, trying to find a place to hide or hold you as a hostage or blame you for what They did. You see, he didn't act alone. He was more the accessory. The other party involved, the mastermind. You pretend he never existed. So you just focused on finding Timothy. He was very dumb, so it couldn't be that hard, right? There must be some simple answer to how he could stay hidden so long. Someone protecting him, perhaps the other much smarter party. You tracked his potential general location from the area codes of those phone numbers which belong to... Burners. You even got a couple missed calls yourself that never called you back that matched one of the area codes. He was in Oklahoma City or outside Wichita, Kansas. Your main method of tracking was posting Craigslist ads in those cities. Timothy was a big Craigslist hound back in the day and he was a very early adopter to it, like late 90s when you were very young. On the rare occasion he wasn't being a dick to you, he would help you find young adult adventure novels for cheap. He was a very big gamer, too, so you post ads of his favorite hard-to-find console games and CD-ROMs. The biggest ones are rare versions of cult titles like Giants, Citizen Kabuto Director's Cut, and unfinished games like SimCopter, Persian Golf Rescue. The piece de resistance was a Japan-only release of the raunchy Nintendo 64 game Conquerors Bad Fur Day, which had a secret level with a cutscene that showed full penetration. You've gotten a lot of hits from weirdos by posting the fake ads, especially for that last one, though you're not certain that any of these games actually exist. You've been trying this method for a couple months now. It's not yielding very many results and starting to feel like another dead end. Your other techniques, they are much seedier and emotionally taxing and you don't really feel like trying those out today. As you finish up you hear the familiar sounds of nerds bickering a few aisles away. This is the other reason you love to go to the library. You spy on the strange man children playing a strange board game in whispers. Is it just a game or are they planning something? You slip into the shadows of a nearby aisle pretending to look for a book on accounting while you eavesdrop. You've seen them for months now, nearly every day you've come in. About eight rotating, pasty, sweaty white guys that spend all of their time on 4chan-type forums all day and probably live off of IVs of Mountain Dew gamer fuel. They range from 19 to 41. You're not even in the right city. Focus to the next county. Focus on Hudson. There's lots of cities to clear there. We haven't even touched Hudson yet. did you ever go to Hudson County? They have the Cuyahoga Scenic Railroad Museum. It's a really great spot for train heads if you're interested. Normally, I'd be interested. That's not important right now. Things are in motion, so we must stay focused. Okay, okay, sorry. That was the ringleader. What a bunch of losers, you think to yourself. You look down upon them with a mix of superiority and envy. You're jealous of the kinship and community that lies underneath all of their bickering. You often wonder if you would be happier if you just went full nerd guy, but alas, you fear that while you look like a nerd guy, you are too much of a dumb guy to be a nerd guy, suck in the cracks yet again. Perhaps they are not the bigger losers after all. And the game itself, you admit it does look very intriguing, even fun. It is a map of the United States, very sprawling across several boards. It looks a lot like Risk, but with these large black blocks that have a pearlescent sheen, almost like hard jello cubes of crude oil, encircling the big blocks or descending smaller clusters of blocks that covered cities and even neighborhoods. The suspicious part is that they mainly focus on Ohio, and even more peculiar than that, Sherwood itself. Another minion speaks up. Hey, uh, is it okay to take the furniture store off the board? Shh, 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 shh. Never say a specific location like that out loud. Always write it or use abbreviations. Oh, yeah. And keep your fucking voice down. Okay, okay. Chill, dude. Nobody knows what we're talking about anyway. Fuck. Ooh, mysterious, you think. You have this classic small-towners fantasy that they have some master plan that you could foil. You cannot, of course, just go up and ask, because what if the ringleader is mean to you? That would ruin your week. One day, you will steal one of their mysterious black blocks. They're just so alluring. You have to. Light seems to pass just through the edges. They're like those old paperweights your grandparents would buy that have those bubble designs that look like a galaxy on the inside. You can't help but feel compelled to just stare at them, but you snap out of it as one of the boys gets up to go to the bathroom. You pick out your one book that you definitely won't read, a sci-fi novel called King Solomon's Mars. You always get one book to look inconspicuous, as if anything you are doing is actually below board. You're always doing little extra steps like this to appear extra innocent, no matter the stakes of the situation. Lane, an older librarian, checks out the book and smiles at you as she always does. Oh, this is so neat. Uh, I think this is some kind of spin on a classic. King Solomon's Mines? Have you read that? Oh, uh, no. Is that like a book people read in high school? You say, shooting in the dark? Oh, well, it's been a long time since I went to high school, but it sort of invented the original classic adventure, uh, inspired Indiana Jones and things like that. You'd love it. Oh, well, I'll have to read both of them then. (gasps) Oh, wonderful. I'll hold you to it. Let me go run and get it. Uh yeah cool and so she takes off now you've done it now you have to read like 9000 pages of books or you will make lane sad and that simply will not stand you love all of the librarians as they are very nice you even feel protective of them behind lane is Maisie. Your favorite librarian, organizing return books. She is your favorite because she is hot. Maisie is in her early to mid-40s and always looks very smart and very refined. She has dark hair with streaks of gray like Tulsi Gabbard, who you don't know much about politically because you're not politically engaged at all, but you do know her from Google image search. You always wonder what Maisie's deal is. She is the only librarian that you have never spoken to or seen anyone else speak to even the other librarians she leaves to organize books elsewhere then you see what she was putting away under the book checkout counter you nearly gasp Could it be? It is. It is a whole tray of the black bricks from the nerd game. You pretend to look at recently returned books on the counter so you can assess this development. My God, Declan, this changes everything. You're transfixed. It's like they contain a power, the shiny oily blocks. You kind of want to bite them. Oh my God, there is more to this. Maisie is in on it. That's why she's so quiet. My God, Declan, what if you're the only only person who can see her and the nerds and the blocks you have the sixth synth, the seventh the eighth the ninth and so on but then you notice above and below the tray of blocks connect four clue scrabble the black blocks are just part of another game that the library lends out to groups it's then that someone bumps into your backpack it's Maisie. you're both startled oh so sorry i'm a klutz she says patting you on the shoulder before you can even react she continues to breeze away from you she officially exists this was almost a meat cute you blew it you are also upset by the fact that someone snuck up on you you are the person who sneaks Elliot was swimming trying to anyway more like clawing He maintained a pattern of keeping his haggard nose and hard face above water just long enough to take in small gulps of air. Too much more of this and he'd pass out or have a heart attack. He was pushing 70 after all. The surface of the water was thick, sticky, like maybe there was waste or a partial oil spill, but still no smell. And it was still too dark to see all that much around him. He figured it must have been just before dawn. Then he felt his hand slap into a hardwood surface was some sort of floating debris. He gave it everything he had to pull himself onto its lacquered surface. He lay flat on it, finding a brief shelter, his arms grasping its sides. This lasted seconds before a wave knocked him right off again. As he popped his head back up, he could see more floating debris just past arm's length. He had more options for survival. He couldn't give up yet. Now you're driving you spaced a little bit your life for the past few years has mostly been on rails you think about the black blocks and how weirdly disappointed you are that they are just part of a normal board game you inexplicably decide you want to go to discount furniture surplus perhaps you will read this book and both books for once to show lane and all the librarians that you are not a dumb guy you should do this declan you will be very proud of yourself You pull to the edge of the discount furniture surplus parking lot to an alarming and curious sight. A couple cop cars with their flashing red and blue lights are out front with a small crowd of onlookers behind the yellow tape. As much as you prefer to avoid the prying eyes of cops, this you had to see. What happened? You ask a stranger with a long, frostbitten nose. Police got robbed. (laughs) Jeez, come on. Yep, this is the third location sold on the news. All happened in three days. (laughs) What the heck, man? You look on and ponder this situation with skepticism. (laughs) If you're going to do an insurance scam, don't overplay your hand, man, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. What a moron. (laughs) I just wanted to buy a lamp. Yeah, guess I gotta go to Target and pay full price for runners all five of you stand there mutually satisfied at the store owner's dopey worried face this is karma so the owner of the Discount Furniture Surplus chain of stores is Scott Desmond. He is a known scammer and well-hated figure around Sherwood, Ohio. His stores are renowned for bad and cheap merchandise, as noted by their name. He is generally a dick to anyone that works at the stores, as well as anyone who works for him personally, like landscapers or management, and so on. He would refuse to pay anyone he felt didn't deliver good services. But it goes farther than that. He was rumored to have cooked his books instead of false charities The biggest one is Scott had removed a lot of apartment complexes to help build overpriced condos across the county You know this because you got evicted from your last home because of his real estate shenanigans So seeing him sweat is a personal delight for you Then you remember the nerds at the library, speaking of a furniture store in hushed tones with the ringleader violently silencing them. Could it be? Is there more to this? No, no, that's so dumb. How could a group of nerds rob three furniture stores, and why? And this onlooker next to you said these robberies have been on the news for days. It all must be part of their game. Or is it? Either way, fuck Scott Desmond. It's 6 p.m. You get dinner at Panera Bread. You sit there with a lamp in your backpack from Walmart and stare into your broccoli and cheddar bread bowl. You feel very heavy. You've just had a call with your parents. They're still in bad shape financially, living in collections housing until they pay off at least 25% of their debt and gently pressure you for a handout. You reluctantly say you'll send what you can. You always realize how heavy you feel when it gets dark out. A homeless lady next to you is cutting her cookie up into tiny slices, deep in thought, as if she is trying to solve some impossible math problem. She has gone under her pile of old second-hand winter coats. You wonder how often she has the means to eat, or if she has some mental issue going on that makes her forget to eat. You then look over at the employee leaving the bathroom with a mop, having just cleaned up, and then immediately wiping down the counters. He looks exhausted. There is a dad waiting to order at the counter, glaring at the worker, in. Patiently. Even just a simple order for fast food, you can't even get that these days. You just stand out here, waiting for ten minutes. All I want is a simple sandwich. I just want to He grumbles, trailing off, knowing the worker can hear him. You wonder what his house is like and what he has in it. A numb sadness settles over you. Are you depressed? No. Depression must be way worse than this. The people you've known with depression can't get out of bed in the morning. They're suicidal. That's not you. You are a morning person, and you don't want to die. Basically, it boils down to this. You love daytime Sherwood. You hate nighttime Sherwood. You hold leftovers in your other belongings. You stomp the slush off your boots onto the doormat of your shared townhouse in Southwest Sherwood. It is one of those widespread complexes where nobody knows each other, and you are lucky to have a small patio. Right now, you are praying the TV is available. You just want to watch one cop show, maybe the new Law and Order that's set in the future, or maybe read one of your books. You open the door and surely enough, your potato head roommate Vince is on the couch staring with his mouth agape at what is happening on the TV. Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new Lamborghini here. Fun to drive up here in the Hollywood Hills. But you know what I like a lot more than materialistic things? Knowledge. In fact, I'm a lot more proud of these seven new bookshelves that I had to get installed to hold 2000 new books that I bought. It's like the billionaire Warren Buffett says the more you learn, the more you earn. Now, maybe you've seen my TEDx talk where I talk about how I read a book. You a day. groan inwardly. Yeah, a you day. always pray he is somewhere else, anywhere else, whether it be. At a girlfriend's house or a nightclub or at the bottom of a river. Near Vince's lab is his latest girlfriend, probably 10 years his junior, and she is glued to her phone. Vince's mixed lab dog, Dom, comes up to greet you, panning and wagging his tail. You are happy to see him. Then Vince addresses you without looking at you Declan, what you bring me? Uh, I have a leftover apple. I think that's it. An apple. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you text me? I didn't know you wanted anything. See, that's it. No love, bro. Dude, it's not my responsibility to feed you. Listen, I live my life one mile at a time, providing for this home. We're not roommates. We're family. That's why I let you pay less rent. I pay less rent because I share half a room, dude. Yeah, and you get access to all of my shit: 64-inch plasma, 4K Yamaha sound system, PlayStation 4 Pro. You almost never get to use any of these things. <laughs> I really appreciate that, Vince. But I really Look, I'm think I'm coming that from a place of love, bro. I love you. I'm just saying, be more considerate. I'm my own boss. I'm hustling up ground. I'm linking. I'm building. I don't always have time to be going out, getting meals okay i will try to remember Mm. as a courtesy that's all i ask i love you (sighs) thank you he turns to his girlfriend megan see that's real love that's tough love yeah yeah that's really cool This is your living situation. It is a two-floor townhouse sandwiched between a row of other townhouses. The flooring is permanently dirty carpet. The only windows are at the front and back. You have three roommates, Vince, Holly, and Lindsay, but there are only three bedrooms. You share a room and bunk beds, thus pay less rent. Holly is the grown-up of the house and rarely around because she works three jobs and takes night classes to become an electrician. She has the master bedroom. Vince also has his own bedroom, but since that room and the basement are filled with various stereo equipment and Suzuki motorcycle parts, the living room is also his room. Use side eye Vince as you chuck some water. He looks like Shrek if Shrek were a SoundCloud rapper. He has a hoodie for a body and a big round shaved moon for a head, save for a tire tread of chin strap beard. His takeout trash and his beer bottles are all over the kitchen until Holly will inevitably bitch him out once a month to clean it up. But now, thanks to him, most of the apartment smells like burnt socks and burnt hamburger helper. You try not to notice the living room corners adorned with stupid neon pink and blue accent lights that he put up without asking anyone first. And of course, they are half falling off and starting to blink. He says it's for business that the living room is his office. He sells stereos, weed, vapes, stripped motorcycle parts, and you're beginning to guess opioids. This is because you know he is at least abusing opioids, his mood swings making him both a sloppy roommate and an increasingly scary roommate. Holly makes him do all of this business outside of the home. There are two merciful things about Vince. Since your place is too cramped for parties and you share walls with neighbors, he has to party a lot outside of the home. And even better, he has a friendly dog named Dom, named after Dominic Toretto of the Fast and Furious films. All you've wanted in your life is a pet dog, and he has basically become your dog for better and for worse. Currently, Dom begs at your feet, clearly starving and jittery with an empty food bowl. At least he's had water as made clear by the small pond of urine on the linoleum. Hey, uh, Vince, has Dom been outside at all today? Thank you for taking care of that, bro. I appreciate it. Really? As you get out the paper towels to clean up Dom's piss, you lock eyes with Vince's girlfriend, Megan. This is not romantic in any way. For a second, you think you feel that she is seeing you, seeing your struggle, and you are seeing her, seeing her struggle. You and her bonding over a shared resentment of Vince, of all the Vince's of the world, and how they stomp on us, the Megans and the Declans, a look that says we deserve better, than the chains of dumb low-brow cavemen that control us, that control the world. That would have been nice, but this isn't that. The reality is much more troubling. She is staring through you, at nothingness. What is going on up there? Nothing an empty space. Her and Vince, these people, so free from the curses of introspection, a life of short-term bliss and drama wrapped up daily, hourly, this sends a great shiver through your spine. You pray for their souls, but you also thank God that though you are a dumb guy, there are always dumber guys than you. You are now outside your front door in the common area, with a well-fed Dom as he squats to take a dump. Your breath leaves your mouth in a cloud. You hear the wind through the trees and the distant cars hitting the slush on the streets. You see a hover car park in a space. This is exciting. Hover cars are a bit of a gimmick from Tesla, but it's always exciting to see one. It has a pearlescent shine like the black blocks, the black blocks, the black blocks. You're thinking about them again. You scratch Dom's head and you stare into the sky. You stare at the stars of the cold, clear night, taking them in. You think about your life, your parents dead, your cramped home. The exhausted look on the air bred employee's face the homeless encampments, the overall feeling of you and the rest of the downtrodden being stuck between two planks of drywall while water rushes up to your neck. You look at the moving lights in the sky, praying they are not planes, praying they are UFOs, praying you would get abducted by aliens as long as Dom gets to be by your side. And then you see the red lights of the planes blinking and are met again with the numb thud of reality. Flopping on your bunk bed in your sweatpants ready to pass out, your bunkmate, Lindsay, is staring at you for several seconds in silence, backlit by her bright blue light monitor. She wears one of her usual graphic t-shirts. This one depicts fan art of Ray from Star Wars, blushing with some internet word under it. This bed bunking thing is a surprisingly acceptable rooming situation for two sexless adults with low living standards. Lindsay is a committed nerd. She is always online. She often misses social cues, but never in a mean way. You two enjoy each other's often nonverbal company. You sometimes go to superhero movies together or to a bar. She shows you the best video game streams. It's just having to share such a small space with a person who never leaves the rooms pretty rough for an adult. You assume this is what college must have been like. Currently, you and her debate the discount furniture surplus robberies. Oh, Lindsay, come on. It's an insurance scam. Scott Desmond's the dumbest dumbass creep ever. He would totally rip off all his own stores just so he could secure the bag. No, 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 that that's not what they're saying in the comments, Declan. Oh, Lindsay, you can't read that crap. Come on. Okay, I know you don't trust the voices of the people, but look at the way they were stolen. It says every camera was removed, clean and cut. Street cameras didn't even see a truck roll up. Some lady walking her dog around the back of the building. That was it. Not just that, but why not just set the store on fire? If it's insurance, this would be too dumb, even for Scott Desmond. <laughs> Nothing's too dumb for Scott Desmond. I mean, the guy had enemies. Maybe someone wanted to screw him over real bad. Heck, I'd do it if I could get away with it. That makes more sense, but it could be something more. Conspiracies are a whole thing with her, specifically the online sensation that is the trapdoor theory. It posits that important people across the political spectrum, incredibly rich people of influence with dark secrets, are going missing or dying in mysterious ways. In addition to people, properties, weapons, cars, are all disappearing or getting destroyed as part of a grand scheme to break down the system, as though they are all falling through trapdoors. And because of the variety of the targets, right-wingers and left-wingers have a field day over it, constantly having vicious arguments about who is at fault, the left-wingers saying that it's billionaires, and right-wingers saying that it's billionaires, who all happen to be Jews. The majority of common sense people don't believe any of this. Robberies, suicides, murders, these things happen every day to all sorts of people and all sorts of things. There's no way there's a connection to a Honda dealership in North Dakota losing a handful of cars and the missing person report of some New York bartender who had dreams of running for Congress. You think conspiracies are fun, of course. Most people do. You understand the appeal, but Lindsay gets way too sucked in. She spends all of her time on this to the point that you have to remind her to eat. My subreddit thinks this is connected to the disappearance of Elliot Abrams. That was only a few days ago. Uh, what have you ever heard of him uh yeah Uh, well i i think in school can you like jog my memory so he was this guy in layman's terms that did all this bad stuff in central america in the 1980s he helped paramilitary troops wipe out men women babies old people Really gross. I read a ton about it. Soldiers tossing babies into the air, catching them Lindsay, on the blade of their- Lindsay, Lindsay, you can't be talking about stuff like this to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hear it. Images of violence burn in your head very easily and give you nightmares. Okay, sorry. I got too gassed up. Basically, he's this guy who shows up anytime a country is about to be run- with with communism, even a little bit of communism. Him and his Republican friends hate all that, so they love Elliot Abrams. So he'll do anything he can to stomp it out and put in some far-right sock puppet dictator instead. He's a war criminal, and he was supposed to get in trouble, but he got pardoned in the 1990s by, you guessed it, George Herbert Walker Bush. Oh, I definitely remember that yeah very bad guy declan he is the architect of evil so uh how'd he go disappearing apparently he had some upcoming plans in venezuela so he was there like evil location scouting and he was out hiking along a cliff with his friends or partners in crime or whatever Then there was a rock slide, and they all fell in the water, most likely dead, but no bodies have been found. Damn. How long did this take to find out? Guy fishing on the shore went to get help, but they were pretty far out there, so it took hours to get boats. No way they would survive. Oh, yeah, damn. So, like, tides and waves and all that. They probably got pulled, like, way out. I don't know. Uh Uh Yeah, that's crazy. Well, good. I mean, Guy sounds like a big... Douche. Certainly the biggest douche. But get this, they didn't find anything. They sent boats, no remains, nothing, except for one single shoe. What kind of shoe? A dress shoe. A dress shoe? Who the fuck goes hiking in church clothes? Mm, Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Because maybe he went disappearing before the hike. Mm, Yeah, they just like planted one of his shoes there yes yes exactly thank you or you know i don't know maybe he didn't want to go on the hike and they're like you're an old man you should get some exercise like i don't want to go i'm only going to go for a little bit i guess i ain't changing so he he goes for the hike and he's got his slacks on he got his blazer and he just doesn't want to be there i don't know Uh, all bets are off i guess anyway it's been a week. There's almost no evidence. Everyone hated this guy. There's a clear motive. Ugh, yep, like stabbing somebody with an icicle. The perfect crime. It's just like Trump and the limo look just like an accident. Oh, no, 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 no. We are not going down that road again. Ah, uh, yes, the crown jewel of the trapdoor theory. Basically, the whole thing that kicked it off. Donald J. Trump's infamous limo accident of spring 2016. Lindsay talked about it all the time. Yes, that was weird, but he survived, even if it knocked him out of the presidential race due to serious injuries. Sure, it's a little bit mysterious, and it killed some of his prominent aides. Somebody said a top one named Stephen something burned to death in it. Burned very slowly. Just screaming the whole time, very slow. Horrible, horrible way to die. But you didn't buy any of the conspiracies about this. They say the driver was on a real cocktail of cocaine and opioids since it's trump of course he was so there's gonna be a big memorial speech at ted cruz's inauguration like elliot abrams was some hero instead of a mass murderer gross the vice president will probably say something too (laughs) that should be funny at least ben carson rules three furniture stores Cleaned out. No evidence. A top war criminal mysteriously drowns days before. No evidence. Okay, and I'm always asking you this. I want a straight answer this time. What's the connection? What's your theory? The question is the answer. Uh (sighs) Lindsay, can you remember to turn your monitor off before you go to bed? It keeps waking me up. Lindsay quickly recalibrates. She never takes it personally when you need to stop hearing her ramblings. Yeah, okay. Um. Sleep well. I'll update you in the morning. You fall asleep in minutes. Then you wake up at the witching hour to the light from Lindsay's monitor. She's sitting in her chair, dozing in front of it. You wake her and usher her to her top bunk. You even slightly tuck her in. Which feels odd, but the showing of your platonic bond with Lindsay also touches your heart. It's not something you have with many people. You lean down to go back to bed. Then you notice an object on the floor. It's a multicolored reflection in the light from the window. It's one of the black blocks. From the library, it's fallen out of your bag. You stop breathing. You pick it up. You lie back in bed, you clutch it in your hand, you feel its weight, and you do not sleep for the rest of the night. You are mortified as to how this came into your possession, one of the nerds not so harmless after all. Maisie, maybe, when she bumped into you, most likely that was it. This could be a harmless prank, but not to you. This is the greatest violation that could happen to you. The thought of someone sneaking up on you and planning something, and you always keep your backpack zipped up. Now your greatest strength has potentially been shattered because no one should be more invisible than you. Elliot Abrams was sitting, sitting on a floating platform. It rested firmly on the dark water's choppy surface, which surprised Elliot because he was sitting on a couch an otherwise common living room couch, long enough to sleep on. He thought maybe it belonged to a cruise or a private jet, its flotation built in as a security measure. But looking around, he saw no wreckage of any such thing. And as dark as it was, he knew he was no longer in Venezuela. He watched in the distance as one of his companions from his hiking trip screamed for help as she was pulled under the water. Elliot kept watching, waiting, to see if she would resurface. Minutes passed. She didn't. He stared at this for a minute, trying to figure out how it made him feel. Then he got distracted by just how damn uncomfortable this couch was. Just light cushioning and wood. He saw a big price sticker on the arm next to him. $139.99 marked down from $179.99. And under that it read, Discount Furniture Surplus. The New Year, New You Sale. Still overpriced, he thought. Then he looked down at his feet and groaned. He lost one of his favorite loafers in the fall off the cliff. They were a gift from Ronald Reagan himself. Sitting next to him on the big hard couch was Nick, Elliot's main aide. Elliot had found Nick thrashing in the water shortly after he found the couch, then reluctantly pulled him to safety. Nick, about 38 and solid shape with a boyish face, sat there doubled over with a heavy cough. Elliot looked around the endless plane of darkness that stretched before them littered with more floating furniture Nick took off his t-shirt and run it out he side-eyed Elliot studying him (coughs) hey uh Elliot yes um I guess there's no better time to say but um nice suit dipshit oh fuck off do you think? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I can actually feel you getting up from your desk or you just screeching over your car and jumping out and clapping and screaming It's just how much you loved all of this. Um, I do hope you liked it, guys. Uh, It's going to go to a lot of crazy places. You're going to learn a lot more about Declan and the main story does follow him. And in between, you're going to hear all these little snippets of a world that is growing and these strange disappearances and this trapdoor theory the conspiracy it's just going to grow and grow and grow and uh I don't want to give anything away but I can tell you it's going to go very big very very big it's not going to have some fucking fake out where oh he's crazy or oh it was just a reality show. I don't know. Like, you know, we want to go big with this. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see big concepts. I wanna tell a story. My dogs are going crazy up there right now, because um, they're excited about where this is gonna go. They're the only people that I've pitched this entire story to, and they love it. They can't get enough of it, and. I really hope you guys liked it. I hope that the work in progress sound mixing, sound mixing with all of my hissing S's wasn't that bad. And I hope you like the music. I actually scored a lot of the music. Not all of it. I did not score open the eyes of my heart, Lord, which plays over the church part. A lot of interesting needle drops in there. We got Stone Temple Pilots, Creep. While uh, Timothy, the older brother, is talking to his uh, old friend. We got The Move with the song Feel Too Good. Um, You might recognize that from the Boogie Nights soundtrack. The very opening, like, creepy intro song. That is by the composer Bill Abarta with one of his home recordings of piano musings that he did while he was high on morphine. Uh, that could be liable. I don't know that he was high on morphine. Most artists of his era were, though. (sighs) Oh, what a year, guys. What a fun year. But hopefully something like this is an escape from that this is an alternate 2017 a perfect alternate universe where ted cruz is president that's what that's what we all wanted to happen in 2016 right so it's just a lot of little differences just going to sprinkled in there to make you say uh what i hope that you guys liked the little world building things that give you cues that this is not our reality. Like the hover car is also a, like a little allusion to Declan's parents are forced into collections housing, which is not a real thing as far as I know, but it feels like it could be because uh we are so overpowered by so many debts that why don't they just come up with a way to keep us in some sort of internment camp until we work off our debts. I mean, I think it would be a great idea. But but what did you like? What did you not like? Uh, did you just glaze over? Did your ears just glaze over? After listening to this for like 10 minutes or less, uh, what do you think? gonna make salmon tonight for dinner and some potatoes in the instant pot and maybe some brussels sprouts some pan fried brussels sprouts did you like listening to my voice all this time i took one voiceover class back in 2009 in valley village from a very lovely woman and i cannot remember her name She told me at the end of the class, you know, at the beginning, I didn't think you were serious about this thing, but by the end, I think you can do it. Then 11 years passed by of not doing any voiceover. And here I am having to record the same paragraph of narration, no less than 10 times in a row in GarageBand very difficult for me so this is the only take I've done in the outro and I think it should stay no edits, some edits I just want the real me to come through I want to share my heart with you I want you to know who I am I want you to, all right, let's wrap this up again, pencil neck, uh, first chapter have big plans for where it's going to go and going to be writing it for quite some time. So
1: really love your feedback.